This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 34. So this week I thought I would do a solo episode because I did promise to keep them into the mix and so we're going to have a bit of a chat about what's new over on Instagram. It's been a year of pretty epic change. Lots of things have been coming up. I get a lot of the same questions appearing in my inbox so I thought I would tackle those. For that reason it's going to be quite a technical episode. I'm going to keep it fairly short but I hope it will be really valuable to you and if you're like me and just never have the patience to read all of the notifications of new updates and the articles that get tweeted about new updates this is kind of a whistle-stop tour to what's new on Instagram that you might not have realized so in this episode I'm going to be talking a bit about the algorithm and what's going on there how shoppable photos are being introduced what's going on with the top nine hashtag grid and all the new features for stories and live that can be really helpful for helping grow our accounts and increase the engagement of people who follow us before i dig into all of that i want to tell you about my newest online class which has just launched this week so i didn't know about you but when the weather gets cold like it has done here and the nights draw in and it's dark for longer i just lose a lot of my creative drive It gets really tempting to just stay on the sofa and hide under a blanket and just venture out for occasional cups of tea or plates of toast. But here's the thing, Instagram in winter is the best. Everybody's online more because they are doing the hibernation thing too. And without the beaches and the picnics and the flowers, there's not really so much to photograph. So it's much less crowded with eye candy, beautiful content too. So if we can create striking and magical images in winter, we can find kind of a captive audience on Instagram and really grow our online presence and our audience. Plus as a bonus, we actually leave the house and be creative, which is kind of the real answer to the winter blues problem anyway. So that is what this course is for. It's called Gloom and Glow, and it's essentially a guide to winter photography for Instagram. There are four weeks, and each week we'll look at a different way to approach photography when light and inspiration and quite often time are on the scarce side. And there are weekly challenges, as well as a lovely, nurturing private community group where we're all going to share our progress and get to know one another and just cheer each other on. If you're listening to this when it goes out, which is the last week of November, then it's on pre-sale right now for £99 plus VAT if you pay that. And you can read lots more about it and also read some testimonials from people who took the summer version of the course, which was Bloom and Grow. And that's all at meandola.co.uk forward slash gloom dash glow. Okay, let's dig into today's topic. So earlier this week, I was running my live question and answers in my Insta Retreat class groups. And a few people had questions about the top nine hashtag grid. So for anyone who doesn't already know, that's when you go to a hashtags page by typing into search. And then you will see nine images above the main hashtag feed. And those nine images are labeled as top posts by Instagram. So what determines a top post? In the early days of this feature, it was what you probably would have expected. It was posts that were getting the most likes and comments proportionally. And I say proportionally because Instagram had already learned the lesson of what happens when you just show the most popular posts platform-wide. Because back in the day, people were buying likes and spam contents to get featured on the old Explore page, kind of way back at the start of Instagram. So for the newer feature, they were looking at how many people saw the picture 
and then were choosing to engage with it and that told them how high quality it was and how whether or not it deserved a place in the top nine. And then for some hashtags, things like Bookstagram, I know they even employed dedicated teams to monitor what was being uploaded and tagged and they would manually select images that were going to be featured. So that all worked pretty well. It was a really nice way for small accounts to get discovered and a top hashtag feature like that could really send someone's engagement and follow account rocketing for a day or two. And so people were getting quite a lot of growth through it. But then, of course, it changed. So then what people began to notice was that the top nine was just no longer universal. So what I might see when I checked that grid was different to what, say, my husband would see if he searched from his account. And the algorithms that determine what goes into the nine were just working to tailor the post to our own specific interests, which meant as a result that posts that were featured in those top nine still did quite well, but weren't quite as nuclear as those early days. So now, recently... It seems to have been updated again. So now the top nine are really, really specific to you. Mainly, you'll probably see people you already follow or people who you've engaged with quite a bit before or people who are friends of friends and you overlap with in that way. Now, on the one hand, that's kind of a shame because it means it's no longer really a way to get discovered by new people or to find new people yourself. And I know that for so many of us, that really worked well and it was a great way that we could find content that was worth seeing. And it was a really good way for people who deserve to grow to be gaining new exposure. So it's kind of a shame that we've lost that. But on the other hand... What the new top nine does is it kind of answers those of us who've been a bit annoyed about missing the people we really, really want to see on our timelines. So if you found since the algorithm came in that you've missed a lot of posts from friends or your favorites due to the timeline changes, then this could actually wind up being a feature that you like. The trick, I think, is to use it differently. So it's no longer or not currently a place to discover new accounts, but you can always scroll down and explore the fresh posts that are in the hashtag chronology bit at the bottom of the page if you want to use it for that. So another new feature we've just seen emerging this week is shoppable post tags. You'll know if you've seen them, that's like a little tag that appears on an image underneath a product and it has a little description and a price and then the option to click. So that link, if you click it, takes you directly to the product sale page on someone's site or wherever else they've chosen to link to. And right now it's only available to the US business users and you need to be using a company called Big Commerce who provide shop platforms like Shopify, I think. So it's likely that it will be a feature you need a minimum number of followers for, I think. You know, like with stories, you need a business account, but you also need 10,000 followers minimum to be able to put a link in your stories. I suspect that this will have the same kind of rule, not because they want to penalize smaller accounts, but because they want to know that someone can be trusted and that they're not going to be using the account for any nefarious purpose. And I think once you've got to a level of about 10,000 followers, they know you're invested in the platform and you're creating really good quality content regularly and you can keep showing up. There's no official date on when it's going to roll out internationally. So for those of us in the UK, we can't have this yet. But I just think it's a really interesting change. And it's a step in a quite a new direction for Instagram, who have always previously liked to keep everybody in the app as much as possible and not have you click out. So if you sell products, it's pretty easy to imagine how this could be really useful for you. But it could also potentially have applications, I think, for influencers or for fashion bloggers and things like affiliate links, too. So far, I asked on Twitter and opinions seem pretty divided on it, but I'm keeping an open mind. I never set out to shop on Instagram, but there are lots of times when I fall for something in a picture in somebody's feed. And I do think it would be quite nice to be able to find that thing for sale with fewer clicks and go straight to it. 
So I will share a screen grab of what it looks like in the show notes for anyone who's not seen it yet. And I would really like to hear what you think about it, how you feel, and just kind of whether you'll be using it as a feature as both a customer or as a seller. On the other hand, one new feature that I think is pretty unanimously adored is the polls in stories. So you can add these by swiping up once you've composed your basic still image in your story. And then you can set the wording for the two options and stick it up. Right now, you can't do any more than two choices. So on somewhere like Twitter, you could do like a four option poll. You can't do that on Instagram. It's just two. And they're not anonymous. So that means that the person who set it can always see how you voted. And if you set your own, you can go in and have a look and see who voted for what. It's worth remembering that because generally on other platforms, especially Twitter, I know it is anonymous. And it's for that reason, people tend to vote a little bit more honestly sometimes. I've seen a lot of folks using them in some really fun ways to help their audience feel engaged, whether that's simple things like which shoes go better with my outfit or something really key to your business, like which branding of these two options catches your eye the most. Letting people be a part of our business decisions is not just a nice way for them to feel involved and invested. It's also kind of a secret weapon because it lets us find out what people want before we make it or we go and put it on sale or invest in it. Like this two-way communication that platforms like Instagram are allowing between creators and their audiences is something that folks 20 years ago could only dream about. If you wrote a book, you didn't know if people were going to enjoy your writing until it got onto the shelves. If you made a cup, you didn't know if people were going to buy it until it was out there in a shop. But now you can kind of make a prototype, you can draft a few chapters, you can share it on the internet and ask people what they think, ask people what they want more of and adjust what you make to match that demand. So I think polls is a really good way to be engaging with your audience in that way. It's really quick. It's really simple. And if you're anything like me, I'm someone who gets decision fatigue and just cannot make any more choices for myself. It's really nice to be able to outsource that to the masses and get a really clear result. Another update to stories is that you can now use any photo or video from your camera roll. So it doesn't have to be 24 hours old or less. You do, though, still have to scroll all the way back through your camera roll, so it's kind of annoying. And I'm using the option on my iPhone where you can go to any image or video and hit duplicate, and then it will bring a new version of that to the top of your camera roll feed, and it's much easier to find in the Instagram app. But this is really good news for anyone who wants to create story content ahead of time, or if you want to use regular graphics for a part of a series... You can also now share your stories directly to Facebook. So if you have an active Facebook page, which I have avoided doing, but if you have, then it could be a really good way to streamline some of your posting onto there as well. Another thing that's been updated is galleries. You know when you can share multiple pictures and videos under a single post on your grid? Well, that's had another update. So finally, we can share landscape or portrait or square images as part of the same set and include videos as well. So you can include up to 10 images or videos and then just tap the toggle on the screen to change the aspect or the shape and how it appears. And as part of this update or possibly the previous one, likes and comments now show for the whole post rather than for each individual photo within the gallery, which is much better. I know it was a bugbear for lots of people because it meant that your engagement was spread out across multiple pictures and it was really hard to keep track of it. So probably my favorite new update right now in the app is the ability to live broadcast with a friend. It's like FaceTiming or video calling, 
but it is shared live to all of your followers. So there are a few logistics you have to get your head around. So not everyone has the option yet to invite people to join them because it's being rolled out gradually like these things are. And the person who starts the live broadcast is classed as the host and they are the one that gets to accept or decline anyone else's request to join. The second person then needs to be watching the first person in order for you to invite them. But once you've got all that sorted and you're connected, it all works really smoothly. And it's actually just a really fun thing to play around with for your audience and for yourself. I heard someone from Instagram speaking about this at an event a few weeks back. And she mentioned that some of the big teen idol celebrities have been going live and then inviting individual fans to ask them a question like face to face on Instagram live. Can you imagine how thrilling it would be? to be live chatting with your absolute fave I would never be ready I would never have my makeup and hair ready to talk to my teenage crush but I think it's an amazing idea it could be risky if you invite the wrong person to chat with you but what an amazing way to engage people from all around the world and to build real connections and have a real conversation Live is this huge push right now for Instagram. I'm sure you've noticed it is for Facebook too. So live broadcasts are getting a lot of love from the app. Things like Live Explore, notifications that go out to all your followers and that eye-catching little live tag that sits in your stories for 24 hours if you've shared a live broadcast. They're all really important drivers to getting new eyes onto what you do. So if you can face your fear and try a live broadcast, it can actually really pay off. One tip is to think outside the box if you're really uncomfortable talking to camera. So maybe you could share your hands working and use a tripod or you could share a familiar walk and share the scenery. If you're collaborating with someone on a joint project, you could maybe share the discussion that you're going to have, but via split screen live so that people can be involved and join in through the comments. And one thing I do as well is if I'm going to share a video of me talking to camera about something on my stories, but I know it's going to be too long to fit in to a single video, you know, when you end up having to talk to the camera repeatedly in those small chunks and you end up with like six or seven overlapping chunks and it can be really frustrating to watch and to record. I'm trying to make myself more and more do that as a live because it gets the push of being a live broadcast for those few minutes while it's out there and then it stays on my feed for the 24 hours as one nice smooth streamlined broadcast instead of the chunks. The thing with all of this tech and the way it's evolving is it's the people who are using it in the most innovative or exciting ways who will be the ones that get the most benefit out of it and probably the ones who will be most ready for whatever app or platform comes along next in the whole social media world. So rather than kind of hiding from it, which can sometimes feel like the temptation, I think it's best if we just dip our toes in and have a play and find out if you like it, if it's not for you. Not everything is going to be for everybody and that's fine. But if we don't try it, we're not going to know. And on that note as well, I think it's really important to make sure that we are consuming the new types of content too. So if you're going to be doing a live, make sure you've watched a few of other people's lives because that's where you realize what you like, what you don't like, what works, what doesn't work. The same for stories. Like I always think I create far better stories when I've been spending time watching what other people are creating when I try and do it just from the inside of my own head and have no idea about the ways people are using stories it always ends up a little bit more flat and less interesting so if you don't know where to start start by watching what other people are doing and get some ideas and then have a go so finally let's have a note on algorithms I get so many questions about this each week from people who want to know has the algorithm changed or if a latest rumor is true 
So one thing I always say that's really, really important to grasp is that there really isn't just one algorithm. There are endless amounts of them and they're all calculating different things and producing different and sometimes overlapping and sometimes contradictory results. Every variable that can possibly be tracked and analysed is, and then all of that information is used to inform what you see on your explore page and your home feed and your stories bar and your top hashtags and even who your posts are shown to. So it's obviously an incredibly complex and nuanced system and they're tweaking it all the time. They're constantly making adjustments and it will never, ever just be done. So, yes, the algorithm probably has changed this week as it did the week before and as it probably did a thousand times before that. And it's probably going to change again. They're probably A-B testing it. So they're putting some of us on one system and some of us on another and then switching us around and then maybe switching us back to previous versions that they decided worked better. It's hard not to get down when things seem to suddenly go quiet on you for no explicable reason. But just rest assured that no sooner have we adjusted to whatever the latest change or tweak to the system is, then the goalpost will probably move again and next time it might be in your favour. The best thing I can say is to pay attention to your comments more than your likes and pay attention to your views on your pictures far more than your follower count because those are the true metrics of how successful your content is, how many people you're reaching and actually building a real connection with. There are some strategies and I share them in my courses that can really help you to make sure the algorithm is putting you in the right boxes. But ultimately, the single best weapon on Instagram is, as always, really great photography. Amazing, engaging, imaginative images. They're just the best way to capture people's attention anywhere online and to grow an audience who really cares about what you do. And the good thing is, is that potentially any of us can go and create them. Nick Speller, he nailed it a few episodes back when he spoke about content fatigue. There's just such a lot of very similar stuff on our little favorite app these days. And the best way to work any algorithm-based system really to your advantage is to do something that is genuinely compelling and exciting and just feels fresh to an audience. Which just so happens to be what we'll be doing in the new course I mentioned at the beginning by an amazing coincidence. So do check that out if it sounds like something you'd like a little bit of help with and a team of other people cheering you on. Show notes for this week's episode are at meanola.co.uk forward slash podcast 34. And I would love to hear your thoughts on all the new updates. And if you have any burning Instagram questions that you would like me to tackle in future episodes, I'll also include a link to the gloom and glow course that I've mentioned too. I hope you're having a wonderful week and I will see you next time. Bye.